Hi there. This is uh, Paul this week. Paul has had a um, major accident in his life and actually is coping with major uh, PTSD symptoms. And uh, it's all this discussion of where he's from, uh, what, what happened and um, how he's dealing with it and how, you know, like with through therapy and all kinds of methods. And uh, actually, you know, some of the spiritual awakening, um, he's, he's been coping with uh, those PTSD's uh, symptoms. So without further ado, uh, I'm going to introduce you to Paul. But uh, before leaving, um, just, you know, word of uh, pretty much like a bit of a warning. Uh, the recording was made on Zoom. Um, I don't know if I told you, but I don't don't like Zoom, so um, sometimes the audio gets glitchy. Um, not that I'm necessarily sponsored by Squadcast, but I really like that platform, platform that keeps the fidelity of the audio pretty up par. And um, yeah, so here's Paul. Enjoy. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, uh, as I do with every episode. Um, and I told you prior to the recording, you're like, we're going to open this, the kind of the storybook of Paul and let's, you decide the chapter and you're know, like, I'm going to be a co-pilot and kind of ask questions as we go along. So where do we start? Um, well, <laughs> the, uh, Let's start with uh, where I come from, first of all. I come from, which you can mostly hear, not from around here. So um, I came across to Canada for the best reason in the world for a woman. So my wife is actually from just down the road. So, um, yeah, so that's where I came over to Canada uh, in about five, and six where, years. And where were you from? It's okay. Um, I'm from uh, England, uh, and uh, I sort of moved around a bit and then uh it's actually in the cayman islands before i came here so uh it's a long story and that's mostly another discussion <laughs> <laughs> but, but i have found my way to to quebec and uh yeah no it's 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 been uh it's been one heck of a ride it got slightly more interesting a couple of years ago though how old were you when you moved here oh my god uh let's let's see i am what 40s Six forty-seven, so five six years ago, so early forties, early forties. And what kind of upbringing could you, you know, I could you describe yourself, uh, you know, like kind of, you know, like the family portrait, you know, like the the what kind of kid you were, you know, like the. Yeah. the um... To be honest, um, <laughs> I was I had a, a quite an interesting upbringing because unfortunately I was struck with illness fairly early on in my teens which kind of meant that I actually I had to miss a year at school and, and it kind of framed me to be really determined. Um, and my parents, uh, my dad is a lawyer. I became a lawyer, not because of him, but it's, it's because it was actually quite a good challenge. Um, I realized that actually I was turning into a bit of an ass, so I decided to leave that. And... Uh, I became a kite surf instructor, hence why I ended up in the Cayman Islands. Um, so quite a radical change. My dad said to me, he said, well, son, you're an ass and now you're going to become a bum. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what kind of sickness did you did you have? I had something in, in England called glandular fever and it, it attacks your, your glands. I think it's got a very long name here. Um, and basically what happened was, uh, it just made me really, really ill for a great year. So I had to miss a whole year at school, go back, do my exams and everything. So, um, it's kind of shaped my upbringing from that because I, I kind of wanted to poke my finger in the eye of it every occasion I got. So, um, I mostly took on far too much, um, and when I became a lawyer, I came, had all the trappings of being a lawyer. I can let your imagination just wander into what that is. And, uh, yeah, you know, 
I, I was a corporate lawyer as well, which is really sort of crush walnuts on your biceps type stuff. Um, becoming a kite surf instructor was actually really cool because actually it was my hobby. And, you know, you don't make a huge amount of money when you're being a kite surf instructor. Um, so it was quite a sort of a, a, a liberating moment. And that took place when I was about 35. And um, so since then, I, it, it kind of put me slightly more in tune of what I actually, actually recognized myself to be. Um, when I came to um, Quebec, I'm, oh yes, by the way, I, I, I must just give you a salute. I am now a, uh, a Canadian. I had my, uh, my uh, um, citizenship test a little while ago, but the coronavirus means I haven't been able to salute the Queen. But being English, I kind of hoping I might get a bit of a pass <laughs> on that one. Congratulations, and, sir. Congratulations. Well, you know, I often go, you know, Lizzie just lives down the road. What can I say? So, um, <laughs> So, um, yes, I, I, I came in and I could work for a while. So we moved up to North Quebec and we actually found ourselves on a pre-reserve where we spent five years uh, as teachers uh, once I got my, uh, my sort of my permit. Um, so that was quite an experience. So, um, yeah, we, we've, as I said, we've, we've mostly seen more Quebec than most people. Would you say, would you say, you know, like the, the, even as a teen or, you know, like, cause, cause I, you know, like I hear you telling me, you know, like I, my dad was a lawyer, I became a lawyer, but not because, you know, like the, the, my dad was, but, you know, like because of the challenge it was, would you say that already your upbringing was free spirited or, 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 you know, like kind of, you know, like the, the, yeah. not the real. Yeah team necessarily and you tell me but you know like did do you feel that you were um already because you know like you, you don't hear often people say you know like well i spent five years you know like, <laughs> at some indian reserve and you know like and 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 you know like went from the cayman island to fucking cold quebec you know and and <laughs> you know like uh, you, it's brutal up there i mean it's minus 40 in january the entirety of january and i was like i didn't even re i mean if you stuck your head in the freezer even that's warmer than being exactly up there. for sure yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so um yeah absolutely i mean that's one of the big problems i i think i found i wasn't very lawyerish i didn't kind of do what the other ones wanted to do. And when I became a partner and basically I, I was not very good at towing the line. Cause if I just thought it was complete nonsense, I would just come out with it and say, look, I'm, this, this is just, this is wasting my time. Um, you know, that's all, you know, 10 lawyers all on silly money each trying to decide which photocopier we're going to buy. None of us use the damn photocopy. You've got the secretary and who uses the thing to pick it, not 10 lawyers who've never seen it. So um, I kind of spoke my mind, which um, which meant I I wouldn't ever say I was the best lawyer, but I mostly, the reason I liked it was actually I liked the thrill of helping people. And when they came to you, steering them through to a safe harbor and explaining it in words they understood because lawyers tend to mystify things. Yeah, and and at the same time, you know, like being authentic or genuine rarely resonates with lawyers. No, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't really put that really in the same sentence. Uh, <laughs> so you can see, you know, and and I realized that actually I had outgrown the law because I was kicking the butt of some poor little bastard on the other end of the phone who had this misfortune just across me that day. And I stopped myself halfway through and I was thinking, what do you sound like? This is just, this is just awful. And, and an apology at that point after I sort of bludgeoned him to the floor, it's a bit late, but I just thought to myself, this is it. This, you know, I, I've become too involved in it that actually I can't separate myself from the armor I put on and wear my role I play. The role I play is actually not just in your business now, it's in every part of your life. And at the and, same time, you know, like the, the, when I say free spirit, um, I mean, you know, like, you know, like people have um, solid attachment to their roots, 
you know, like, and, and, and what I mean by that is land, you know, like the, the, you know, like people tend to have a hard time even consider moving or consider, um, so even, even less moving from country, you know, like, so, yes. so, um, you well, I, I would thoroughly recommend it. It's very good for your soul because when I quit the law, my friends thought I was completely off my head because I went from a six figure salary with the trappings of a couple of sports cars and stuff like that. I gave them back. I gave the keys back to the dealers. And I just went from that to sort of earning the equivalent of like 50 bucks to do kite running, pumping up kites and things until I got myself as the instructor. Um, so, yeah, it certainly wasn't for the money. Um, it was actually purely for the experience. And then that took me to the Cayman Islands where people save up their entire year to get one week of a hotel. And I'd teach them, they're like, you know, they're all back in the office next week. I'm like, this is my office. I'm going to be here all year and I've got no money at all. So it was actually that. And, and, and the, your viewers can't see this, but I have actually got dreadlocks, which I still got from my kite surfing days, not particularly a corporate haircut do. But, you know, I quite like it because when people look at me, I know they're making a judgment and I really, really enjoy what they're thinking. <laughs> so I'm like, do you know what, dude? I have done stuff which you wouldn't even dream of being able to do. Yeah. That's quite fun. And, and, and you know, like it, it really, um, you know, like it, it, it's just high opening, you know, like the, 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 kind of the anti-conformist um nature and almost in your dna you know like that the the, the yeah. you know like just just the the last statement you made you know like proves that you know like you you like um not shocking you know but but you like kind of confronting those those rigid ideas or those rigid um absolutely. conception of things absolutely and uh <laughs> To us, you know, you can have quite a lot of sport with people on it because um, uh, moving into a little bit later on, I, I unfortunately, I, had, I contracted cancer. Uh, that was in 2015. And uh, I got that, that dreaded phone call and they said, well, you need to go down to Montreal. Now, given I was up in uh, the top of Quebec, it was like a 10-hour drive and it was wintertime. So I get down there and this doctor breezes in and... He says, well, you know, you need to take this all very seriously. And I was thinking, I haven't actually even said anything at the moment, but I took one look at what I looked like and I thought, okay, this guy is a dropkick. He doesn't know what's going on. He's, you know, I was trying to be positive because what else can you be? Yeah. And I just thought, that's just so rude. <laughs> For sure. And, and at the same time, um, you know, like you, you just said it, you know, what people are thinking, you know, like you, you yeah. kind of, you know, like you, you're almost proactive in, in, in knowing that, you know, like the first impression is almost like a, it's almost like a play to you, you know, like, <laughs> you, you, you know, like you, you sound like royalty, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know like, a, <laughs> and you look, you look like a beach surfer, which is yeah. just <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> This is what you do, complete contradiction walking around. Exactly. And, and, and at the same time, it's, um, it's almost like having a blast with life, you know, like, which is like, yeah. okay, let's, let's play that game, which is like, let's start with almost like three, bow, three, three foul and two strikes. And, and let's uh, see if I can recuperate from that. You know, okay, it's, it's like, oh my God, you know, like the guy likes to play hard, you know, like, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I, and I love it. You know, like I'm, 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 I've been told in my teens that I was an anti-conformist and, you know, like I, and it, it was my first job, you know, like, and, and I, mm. I, I couldn't understand what the guy was saying. And it was actually at a St. Hubert, which is like a big, um, chicken roaster known, yeah. you know, chain in Quebec. And, and, um, the guy fired me saying, you know, like, you need to read about this because you're, you're just an anti-conformist. I was like, the fuck are you talking about? You know, like, you know, like, <laughs> he's like, you know, like it, you're, you're, you, you, you will be hard to manage and, and, you know, like you need to be pretty much conform to, you know, like, 
and and at some point in your life you kind of make a choice you know like uh, uh, but that doesn't mean that does you know like you 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 don't extinguish that fire no you know like I you, mean, you i, I have that in me you know like as i guess you do have that in it, you uh, exactly and the, and the best thing you can do to someone like that is you put you try to actually compress it and push it out of the way because however hard you push down it will jump back out twice as hard. Yeah. So, uh, and and anyone who's around you at, the, at that time, it's just straight collateral damage. For sure. Or or you find, um, you know, like, or you find places and ways you're going to enjoy that fire. You know, like, so, yeah. so you decided to fire, uh, to feed that fire pretty much on a, almost on a daily basis. You know, like, um, from what I, you know, I perceive right now, but, you know, like the, the, um, I work for, uh, you know, like a, a worldwide firm that wouldn't allow me to just be, you know, like just, you know, like a, a free spirited thinking, uh, you know, like member of, of the crew. Right. Um, yeah. so, so that said, um, the podcast, for example, is a great example mm -hmm. of me just letting loose on this. Um, I do the same with, with some, you know, like I do to some DJing or whatever, but you know, like I find ways to just, okay, this is the way I go a bit nuts because yeah. I have this in me, you know, like I, 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 it's part of me actually, you know, like that, that, um, as does, you know, like some, some, you know, like I have a, a like a close tight group of friends where we have our core, um, humor you know like amongst each other you know like which yeah. no one would understand other than us you know <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean and to be honest that one of the, the books which i've written um which actually i haven't actually released but you just tweaked my memory is actually whole gist of it is actually embracing being imperfect rather than trying to go after this pursuit of this it's false god of being perfect and completely invulnerable and and oblivious to anything because people aren't made like that. And actually, that if the system is trying to make that type of people, you don't want to be part of that. It's not a competition you want to come first in. <laughs> Coming last in that is the first place. Yeah, and I tend to say that you know, like as you put more varnish on it, it ends up cracking. Mm. You know, and right now, you know, like, especially in the situation we're in right now, you see a lot of fucking varnish cracking, oh, you, know, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. The, you know, the, the wheels are starting to fall off at the moment. And, yeah. And, and I saw in the, in, on the internet, you know, the people are, oh, we're, you know, the backlash against the, the and I was thinking, okay, well, <laughs> it's like anything. If you tell people what they've got to do, that uh, they get to a certain point where like, I'm not listening to this anymore. Yeah. And, and, and it's quite, in a way, it's quite interesting to see how far actually that breaking point is. Cause you think, Oh, actually I thought you would, I thought that would do it. But in fact, it's something completely different. So, yeah. uh, and the, the, um, the isolation, you know, like mm -hmm. the, 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 um, the fact that, you know, like the, we have, we had a hard time finding proximity while mm -hmm. we could, now that now that we can't, um, it's it's it, it, it. Not only is it even worse, but you know, like we miss the little we had left. Um, the, the absolutely. I mean, it, it's kind of like having a nail, the final one, knocked in the coffin. You had a little crack. You could just see out, thinking, "Yeah, there's still something good there." And then, oh, actually, we're just gonna. We can. Sorry, you can't speak to anyone now. And and we're still. Now, if you try and make conversation, people run away. It's, yeah. it's like, you know, it's like, you know, even if you're trying to be polite and nice to somebody, they're like, you know, I was like, wow, okay. It um, is, it is a, it is a, a messed up world right now. And not only that, you know, like the, the image that, uh, as you said, you know, like the, the, um, perfect you know, like the perfection that people has, has grown and fed, you know, like for, for so long right now you're seeing, um, and, and I think, you know, like we're far from seeing the end of it, you know, like we're, we're going to see disaster and tragedies, you know, pretty soon, much sooner than we think, you know, like where, you know, like, uh, I was talking to a friend about this saying, you know, like I'm, I'm worried that, 
um, young entrepreneurs are going to fall in quite deep depression and you know like the the um, because the the you and, can't and i agree because yeah i mean i the, <laughs> um part of my what i mean my my recent uh sort of i i two years ago i had a life-changing event and uh i'll tell you what that is in a minute but i'll get everyone all your listeners have to sit down first. exactly <laughs> But I, I was told recently uh, by my psychologist to see, I'm, I'm just a teaser, this is great, um, that I'd never actually failed before. And I was like, well, yeah, what are you talking about? I've failed before. He said, no, no. He said, I'm talking about a failure which you can't run away from. You can't talk your way out of. This is complete, all-encompassing failure. And he said, you haven't got the right toolkit to deal with this. And so he said, what we're going to do is we're going to build you a new set. Because all the stuff which you've used for the 40-odd years ain't going to cut it. And so that's what's happened is that people have, for the first time, faced something which they cannot, out, cannot change the outcome. And they're having to face it all at the same time. And, and it's so frustrating, Paul. You know, like, I, I'm telling you, like, I, 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 I don't... Um, I, you know, like I'm, I'm so not above this right now. You know, like I'm, no. I'm <laughs> guilty. You know, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> the news is, is I've had a two year head start on you because um, I have, I suffer from uh, chronic PTSD, and also I have a severe TBI. Now I have go and look that up before I know what that is. So for it means traumatic brain injury. Um, so I've kind of been socially isolating for the past two years because I've been frightened of noise and crowds. So I've had a little bit more practice. And therefore, um, when people say to me, so how's things changed for you? I'm thinking, well, it, it hasn't. It hasn't changed because actually I've been avoiding people anyway. Um, so and so let's, let's rewind that tape to you know like what you teased us on um so w the last you know like the last we talked about you know kind of your road uh you, you know like your, your your story book you know like we were in up north quebec uh you were on indian reserve teaching um so what's next what's what came next well um we uh, we had a house in uh lac pochette which is near like st john and um, we'd finished my contract up there. And I have a little uh, boy who's four now and was two at the time of the accident. And we just picked him up from daycare and um, we're driving back home and our car was hit by a train on an unmanned crossing. Um, so the good news, because there is good news, so I can't remember anything about it. Um, we woke up 10 days later in Shikudumi uh, ICU, who, if there's anyone listening from there, did a fantastic job because if it wasn't for them, then we, went, we wouldn't even be here. In fact, my poor old parents, when they got the call, I was this badly injured person. Um, they were told, you better get here. And actually, when you get here, you better be ready to make a final decision because he's that bad. So Leyland jumped on the plane, which is seven hours. And whilst you're on the plane, you're completely out of communication. Sure. So I can only just imagine how, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to be even able to sit still. So they got, so they, 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 they had to make that decision. My wife woke up the day before me. And even though she can't remember this, she asked her hospital staff that they should take it down to where I was. Uh, I was Were you told, I'm sorry, but... Still sleep. I like to say sleep because it's got a far more romantic feel to it. Uh, um, I'm sorry, Paul. So can, can you yeah. just tell me, you know, like, were you told what happened that, that day? Um, uh, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, no, apart from... Well, what I, I will tell you what I've been able to piece together from what other people have said. You think, hang on a minute, 
Trains are a pretty big thing. How the heck did you actually not see that? I mean, that's got to be a pretty big lapse of concentration. Well, it was March time and it snowed a lot and there's a lot of snow up there. And there was a 20-foot snowbank that ran down the side of the road. And then you drove around the, the, the snowbank and as you went around the corner, it crossed with the rail line. So... Effectively, it was a perfect storm of an accident because if I'd have spotted something or you know, braked or anything, I'd have missed it. I wouldn't have got, but I didn't. And he didn't see us and we didn't see him. Um, apparently, he came to the hospital and whoever, the poor guy was in bits, but my wife remembers one thing she said to him, it's not your fault. You know, it, you know and so that's all we know. Um, uh, apparently it's all on Google and you know, it's on TV and things like that. So uh, not the best way to try and get on telly, but um, yeah. <laughs> but the good news is that I believe that virtually all unmanned crossings now in Quebec, there, there aren't now the, the signals and everything else. Um, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> for a long while, I just wondered how the heck did I manage? And I remember saying to my, my dad, I said, how did I actually, how did that happen? I mean, where I could think of the bits where it crossed the road, I could see it for like miles away. I was thinking, you know, that I wasn't on a race or anything like that. I just picked up my little two-year-old. Um, but it was in a residential area and there was markings like 150 yards down on the main road, but this little side road didn't have the markings. Um, So I, I don't, I do and I don't know because I have flashbacks, which are very unpleasant. They're not like Hollywood where you suddenly get a visual flashback. Actually, I was not there. But even though I was unconscious, my subconscious still kept the camera rolling. So what I do is I get a, a sensation flashback, usually with a lot of pain, just in case I wasn't entirely sure what it was about. And it's the feeling of um, being crushed. You know, it, that's what happened. Um, I had a I had a, had a dog, um, a great big white husky Malamute. Well, if you're going to live up north, you need to have a wolf type dog. So yep. there, there we had it. So apparently, when I got moved from up there, she me down to Sherbrooke. Um, I was like, well, you know, who's looking after the dog? Um, my parents were like, ah, okay. Um, dog didn't make it. I said, oh, I didn't even realize he was in the car. And he said, well, what happened was the firefighters, when they got to him, they found that he jumped over the, over the back seat and was laying on top of my little boy and my wife. And he um, saved them from being killed, but he didn't make it. So in my eyes, that's a that's a pretty heroic act. Wow! Um, and so that that really sort of set the t- sets the tone for for a lot of things. In that, I got asked a question recently, and it took me entirely by surprise. Somebody said, "So, if you had uh, the chance, could you would you go back and change anything?" I was like, "Whoa!" And I, uh, <laughs> it's like, and I actually I find myself now saying no because I'm actually a lot better stronger um now what I would call spiritual I, I used to throw that word around beforehand oh yes I'm spiritual I had no idea what actually that meant and I also when I woke up and I felt that I had a purpose because there's no other reason why I was spared because the doctors, when my wife came to speak to me, she went back to her room next hour I was awake. And the doctor said, we've got no medical explanation. We are going to have to put that down as a miracle. We can't tell you why he woke up. So I do genuinely believe that um, as cheesy as this is going to sound, and it's not meant to, that actually... I have a burning 
passion, desire to try and help others. Um, now, I've been in very, very dark places. I've had to and still have some very serious injuries. But I am choosing, and it is a conscious choice, to actually use that not to get bitter, not to get angry, but actually to genuinely try and help people who are suffering. So and, when you did wake up, Paul, um, yeah. what was the assessment of what you had uh, gone through? Well, I had broken neck in C1 and 2, broken back at three, L3 and 4. I smashed skull. Um, uh, the airbag blew up in my face, so I had the panderized. So when I looked in the mirror, I looked like flipping Jack Sparrow with my dreadlocks. <laughs> I had the special eyeliner under. But basically, I couldn't walk at that stage because I'd forgotten how to. And so the swelling had it basically split right away across the back of my neck. Um, so there was sort of pretty unpleasant stuff around the carotid artery and things like that. So it was, they really didn't know what to do with me because they said, look, listen, it's got so much swelling there that we can't make an assessment. We're going to see how that goes. My wife, because um, she got hit in a slightly different place in the head, she actually had her scalp removed to let the pressure out. And so her injury, even though in the same accident, had been completely different. Um, thankfully, that being able to release that pressure so early on has mean that her recovery has taken a very different path. Um, but she and I are both of the same mind that we are trying to actually on, on this mission to try and reach other people. Um, and it's not, it's not a job not a phase. It's not a recovery. This is actually what I will be doing from now on. Um, I can't work because I've it doesn't work out well. I've got about two to three hours of actually decent workable energy in me. And because I'm noise sensitive, I would have no problem standing up and talking in front of 20,000 people. Somebody drops their folder on the floor, I'm a bag of nails and that's it. I'm over. It's finished. So it's uh, the, um, the whole talking through virtual is actually quite good because I get to control my environment. Um, so for me, that is a benefit. Uh, I'm pretty sure that most of the people won't see it like that. But some people were recently talking about, you know, the trauma and, and Trauma is trauma. There is no lesser or greater trauma. It's just trauma. And it's not like, oh, well, mine's not as bad as yours. That's just nonsense. If it overwhelms you, that's bad enough. Yep. Now, that can be a financial, you've lost your job, and you know, you, mental, spiritual, physical, it doesn't matter. You will still face exactly the same demons. They're the same for everyone. Um, and how you can give a roadmap to somebody else to find their way through and turn something which is, in anyone's book, destructive into something which actually is like, yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I, I did this and, you know, I did early on. This was this. I said to somebody, and they said, oh, you lost a lot of weight. I said, well, you know, I call it. But my train crash died. And I was like, oh, is that, is that, is that? <laughs> this is one of my doctors who was like, is he, is he crazy or is he? Is he? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's been, it, 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 and it still is a journey. I, I have not in any got to where I'm going to go. Um, but there's, you know, I've had seven hour brain surgery to scoop out all the bits that exploded into my head. You won't be able to see this in radio land, but the right-hand side of my is actually parallel. Um, so, you know, I have, I have a permanent reminder. Um, but what do you do? You know, 
you get knocked on the floor. It's a long life living, laying on the floor. You at some point you got to get your ass up off the floor. Yeah. And so I don't like being unwell or injured. So I'm trying to repair myself with the help of medical team, but I can't just hand over complete responsibility. It's, uh, I need to actually shape where I want to go. Did, um, that was two years ago, right? Yes. Um, what was the road to recovery like? It was, <laughs> when I first started speaking to my doctors, so oh, you're going to have to allow at least two years for this. And I was like, you can't be joking. Two, two years, I've got things I want to get done. I had no comprehension of how serious my injuries were. I, that's one of the benefits of being knocked out. The second, but also the brain is a really clever thing. It will actually shield you. It actually will only let you see what you are able and physically to actually see. And at that time, it just blanked out everything. Um, it blanked out the good at the bad, but at the same time, it doesn't choose. It blanked out the good. So actually, um, feeling joy, that's not on my spectrum because I can't feel it. I, can, I, I know what it is, but I don't feel it. But as you, I've got better. Um, And it's not been straight line. I mean, goodness me, you know, the uh, the seven-hour brain surgery, that was a pretty telling moment. And then not long ago, I had uh, surgery on both my eyes uh, because actually, a long story short, it hit so hard that it actually changed where my eyeballs were in my head. So I had to actually put them back and stitch them back in place, which is makes me even squeamish now, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, you know, every time that happens, it makes you unwell, but also you've got an injury to your head. It's like everything you do, your senses all go through your head. Everything is your computer. So if you damage the computer and say, oh, you just go and lead a normal life, it's, it's not the same. And I had to share this with you the recent Saturday. I am better. I'm mentally stronger. So for no reason whatsoever, my head decided to give me a real juicy flash. And it was a visual one. I haven't had a visual one for a very long time. And it, it put me into being beyond terrified, full stop. Um, and I can say that actually at some point every single day I have been to a point where I am beyond terrible. And Dr. recently said to me, he said, well, you know, we've got these, these tablets we can give you for the pain. And I was like, well, okay, because my I still have chronic head pain where the accident site was on my right-hand side. And he said, but, you know, the, the uh, effect of this is going to make you sleepy and literally not sick. And I was like, I, I don't want that. I reject it. I'd rather have the pain than actually dull my sense. I'm up in there, and that's been something I've been trying to get back. So I live with the pain yeah. um, because actually that's a good connection. Um, and I went to have a tattoo. Uh, I had a tattoo before. It said, no, no fear. Not really appropriate when you're scared of everything. So I thought I'll get that covered up. So I, I got one put on. And part of the reason I went is because I thought, well, actually, it's going to hurt a bit. And actually, this is a pain I've made a conscious decision of actually choosing rather than actually having it inflicted upon me. So I thought, well, actually, this is going to be fun just to see what that's like on the scale. And so... Um, I must admit, I have a, um, a first-hand front-row seat at now of mental health issues. And 
demons and trauma. And I want to help people because it's the only way I can square it in my mind of something so bad happening. There has to be a balance. Yep. And if I can provide a balance, then actually I can start putting that to bed. So selfishly, yeah, actually I'm healing at the same time while I'm helping other people. There you go. If everyone gets better, there's no harm in that. Yep. Did, um, you, you mentioned your psychologist and, you know, like the, the help you, 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 you got, um, and you probably still have, um, mm. how does he, um, you know, like what's, what's the approach in a situation like that? You know, like, you know, like, is it an approach of, um, kind of recessing what happened, what happened, what happened, you know, like how, you know, like, cause you know, like, yeah. um, you know, like I, I, I'm going to make a parallel to, you know, like what I know, you know, like, so mm. for, for alcohol addiction and, and drug addiction, um, the origin of it is talking about the temptation and sharing the temptation you got, you know, like, and as you share more and more, as you do with some life experience that kind of not traumatize you, but marks you and, you know, like yes. that you, that you, that you carry the way of those things that you did or said. And as you share them, it, it, it weigh less until it weighs no more. Um, same for, you know, like same for alcohol addiction and drug addiction, as you share the desire to use, and as you share the desire and the origin of it is pretty much it, you know, like it's two guys that were just quite thirsty and, yeah. <laughs> and, and talked about it, it a, for, it was a hot day, you know, I yeah, get it. exactly. <laughs> and, and they quite talked about it for hours. And that after, I think, I think it's something like eight, 10 hours realized that by talking to each other about it, they, 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 they weren't thirsty anymore. And, and how AA got founded and, and then others fraternity were, were developed on pretty much the same principles, which is sharing is kind of uplifting or lifting weight on, on people's shoulder. So coming back to you, is it pretty much what happens when, 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 a, when a psychologist or any kind of therapist handles a situation like that? Yes. I mean, for sure, it is a very important part. Um, unfortunately, um, as I've been used to being telling, I'm pretty atypical because my psychologist starts down a route and we get some traction and then my brain shuts it down. It's like, no, it's not going to happen anymore. So he has to change his tactics. So we, we have to keep coming up with new ways to try and trick our way in past my defenses. Um, and the... <laughs> The most important decision I made was actually saying to my physiotherapist, I need somebody to talk to about what's happening inside me because I didn't understand what it was because actually it, <laughs> the thoughts of my head weren't even mine. I didn't even know what it was. It's like, it's like putting somebody else's head on and you're like, well, hang on a minute, what, 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 what's this? What's this value system? This is not what, and, and nothing makes sense. And bits don't work. Your filters are, filters are blown apart. And really, it's, it's a complete mess. And that's the thing I, I so underestimated it because my physical injuries, okay, they hurt. There's no too certain thing about it. But you can get used to pain. You can get tolerant to it. What you can't get tolerant to is psychological pain because it hits in a completely different area. And also, there's no simple fix. It's not like, well, okay, I'm just going to massage this, give you that to take or anything else. There's, there isn't anything because actually we still don't really understand how the damn brain works. Yeah. So, you know, at best it's sort of, you know, you know, put your finger in your mouth, hold up, see which way the wind's coming from. 
um, and we'll set our sails to that direction. So we've had to use various different ways and some of them have been effective in that talking about it is okay. But unfortunately, there's a difference that I didn't realize that there's PTSD and then there's CPTSD, which is complex PTSD. So, of course, I couldn't go for just a normal. You had PTSD, to go all in. You know, all in, you know, balls out, all we get in. All in. So basically what this effectively means is it's not just one trauma, it's trauma after trauma after trauma. Typically seen by kids who have had an abusive upbringing where in fact the trauma is recircling. It's not just like one event. Um, so every time I had a setback, I had to go to hospital in the back of an ambulance, blah, 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 blah. It just gave another level of trauma. Yeah. So what his what his difficulty is, and I, I kind of feel sorry for him because I go in and, and he, each time I take in a different bag of trips with me and he's like, hang on a minute, last week it was this. I was like, well, I'm sorry, this week we're over here. And he, he said, look, I need to clear away these smaller foot soldier type ones so I can even get to talk to you about the other one, the big one. And what I've done and one of the techniques we used really early on is I had a lot of what I now know to be disassociation, where actually you see yourself like a third person character in like in the game. And to start with, I didn't quite understand that. And I remember saying to my father, I said, um, I trust you, so I, you know, you're going to tell me the truth. I said, is this real? Or actually, am I still in a bed? And I'm unconscious, and this is just an elaborate dream. And he's like, no, this, this, this is real. And I still get phases of that. But what I've managed to do is that one of the psychology things which helps you the trauma is you look at it in a bystander's point of view. So what we did is we, we looked at the whole accident as if I was standing on the side of the road and watched it happen. And we tried to get it closer and closer and closer until you sat there. Even now, I can go nowhere near that in my head. Hmm. Um, and my defense mechanisms will start sending my central nervous system haywire. And so I, I use the third person and I wrote, I've written a series of self-help books, two of which I've published, and I use a pen name. And people are like, oh, I use a pen name for it. I said, well, <laughs> let me give you the reason. And why a woman pen name, even worse? I was like, well, actually, the person who looked after me so I could go and look at it, all I can say, it was a female presence. So, Renee. Identity, because actually, if I'm going to buy into treating this, I've got to actually buy in, and so that's how my pen name, as it now is, came about. Because I can tell stories using that, but on a first person, a huge no-go area in my mind. Um, wow, that's. Incredible. That's crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, what I've realized is that how powerful the mind is because I can be sat in a chair and with some carefully chosen words, I can have the pain, the vision, the noise as if I'm right back there and I have not moved. I am completely. So if that's the negative, just think what the positive is and that is where I tried to flip it over because and my my psychologist says uh, you're like a mechanic you're in there fixing like a like a car like in the old fashioned days where you can actually get on the bonnet and screwdriver and a spanner nowadays you have to take it to the dealer and they take off the plastic but in the olden days so that's what I'm trying to do I'm actually trying to fix myself from the inside out. And, and, and Paul, I mean, like, let's be honest here, you know, like from, from 
everything you just told me, the analogy of the, the, the mechanics works, but you have to have the variable of your mechanics are almost blindfolded and trying to repair. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, it's a, uh, it's, let's put this way, it's not an exact science. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. That's, that's a. Uh... But you see, the thing is, even from that, and you, you know, you listen, you can hear me now. I sound like I've got most of my marbles. And if you met me in the street, you wouldn't mostly think because I, I, one, I hide it. And secondly, I'm pretty high functioning. That's very lucky because it just didn't hit that part where if it hit a few more centimeters round, it would have taken another part away. So I'm very lucky from that point of view. And I mean, I don't want to get all biblical on you here, but it's kind of like, I, 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 I want to carry on helping other people. And, and the thing is, I, I've got a pretty good idea of what, what's what. Um, and I can't stand to see anyone else suffer because I, it takes me back to when I have been or will do. And so, um, and I've been over this sort of isolation time, I've been reading more and more and more literature with the basis of trying to fix myself better and better and actually be more helpful to others. You know, if I, if I, if I come across people or experiences and I can say, oh, well, actually I can that in, in my own words. Um, and as you can hear, I like to talk. So that hasn't really changed. That works. It works. <laughs> <laughs> so Paul, um, speaking of which, you know, like what did you, you know, like um, what have you kind of built or, 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 you know, like how, how did you organize, um, you know, because, because it started with a thought of helping others, but you know, like what, what did you develop across that? You know, like you said, you, you wrote a lot, um, you know, and, and, and do you have, you know, like, do you have like somewhere where people can reach you? Do you have like, um, yeah, I mean. Sure. I mean, I, I write under the name Kate Summers and I have used the story of the white wolf. So the, the black, the, the, the black wolf and the white wolf, there's a picture of my dog in the front of these books and uh, they're on amazon.com. Uh, the first one was about how to develop self-compassion. That's a free book on .com. Here in CA, we we have to pay a little bit. Bless bless us. And uh, so it's a it's a journey. The second one I released a couple of weeks ago, uh, which is easy changes for a better life: how to make habits stick effectively. Because why do I do writing? I never set out to be an author. I that, that's not why I want to see my light, name up in lights. But I felt that I needed to hand something to someone. It's no good saying, you know, um, yeah, um, you'll be fine. Just wave the hand at them. It's better to say, when you read this, see how you get on. And so my wife and I have also then built a website, um, which is called takeactionacademy.ca. And uh, there we have got basically lots and lots of products which we have put there because what we thought is that the, the idea is being is if somebody needs to reach out and it's a brave step just to that initial reaching out part they can go to the website and they can go and pick a toolkit themselves which will suit whatever they are it's not like you know off the page stuff it's like you take what you want some of it's free, some of it's not free. There's memberships. It, 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 you can go as full in or as not in as you want, and there's no pressure. It's just saying it's there. And the best place to, to reach me is that I'm really active on LinkedIn, and I do use my proper name there. <laughs> so, and, uh, you know, I, you'll see I've got a picture of my dreads. You won't trust me. You will not miss it. And uh, so, <laughs> so that's the best place. And to us, I'm happy if people want to 
pick my brains. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and you know, if, if if people just want to get in touch, um, because. I'm lucky to have this time and if I can, and I've, I've got this kind of this optimistic, which somebody will say, Oh, please pass me the sick bucket. But it is literally, I believe that I cross people's paths for a reason. Um, and we won't actually know why or whatever, but if, I, if, if the path crosses, it's usually because one of us is going to help one another. Yep. And, I've met so many people from different walks of life where I wouldn't have normally met them. Actually, I completely believe it. Funnily enough, I don't believe in coincidences anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I won't buy your lottery ticket for you, though, because that doesn't work. I've been trying it for myself. Good luck versus bad luck. Yeah. But, yeah, that's, that's the best place to find me. And uh, check it out. Yeah. And, and, all of the all of the stuff and how to find Paul will be uh, provided in the description of the podcast. So you know, like if you scroll down, you're gonna find it. Um, Paul, thanks a lot for your time and your your openness. You know, like the, I think you know, like the 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 idea of you know, like there are parallels to everything that I've I've recorded so far. You know, like so mm-hmm. I see there like quite as I told you, you know, like the parallel of almost mutual repair, you know, like as, as you do offer repair for others, um, your ambition is to actually fix a little bit of yourself one step at a time, you know? Absolutely. And, and, and that is just pretty much what, what, you know, like my, my initial intention of that podcast was, is that as I, as I talk to people like you, um, well, there are, there are bits of stuff of my own maturity, my own spirituality, my own um, my own way of thinking that get fixed episodes by episodes. You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the well, odd yeah. thing, the odd thing about this is that I initially started this as kind of um, almost like a pet peeve. You know, like okay, let's let's give it a try, and you know, like this is my you know, giving back moment. And, you know, like I have other projects later and, you know, like I'll, I'll leverage the equipment later and, and so on. Um, <laughs> and I finally end up a year and some weeks later, um, only doing that. I mean, like I have a full-time job, but you know, like only doing that podcast project scheduled full, you know, like weeknights, like, uh, all over and, um, and I'm having a blast. You know, and, and, and I reach out to people as you, Paul, which we yeah. didn't know each other. No. Are a few hours away from each other and we didn't know that. Yeah. No. <laughs> and uh, I end up getting greeted. Um, you know, like the, the doors of people's lives are open, you know, like, uh, um, and, and I'm so grateful about this. So like, this is a grace for me, you know, like to, to meet people like you, Paul. So, well, it's, you know, you, you, you're a conduit for this type of, of experiences. And, and, and so <laughs> to be honest, we talked about nonconformity right off the, off the bat, but actually if it wasn't for that and your journey, then actually there's people who you've been able to make a difference to. And if that, if one little part of your character had changed, you wouldn't, we wouldn't be sat here and talking. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it is a, it is a, as I told you, like I, I, I tend to don't want to know too much about my guests mm-hmm. because I, you know, like this is something I need to kind of go through as mm-hmm. you explain it to me. Like this is, this is part of my own experience and that's my own, you know, like that's almost my own gift is that, you know, like if the last I know, um, I'm going to react cold to it. I'm going to interact with you under yeah. the, the circumstances of me just, you know, like happening to know those things and just go, fuck, what happened? You know, <laughs> <laughs> like if I was watching a movie or if I was reading a book and that's, yeah. um, 
precisely what you offered me tonight. And you know, like I'm I'm super grateful that you accepted and and, and thanks again for for your for your time, Paul. And uh, as I said. Everything that Paul does, and and uh, you know, like all of the books and all the writings and and the websites are going to be provided. And uh, don't hesitate in reaching out to Paul. You know, like a, you know, like there's, um, I think there's great benefit in in, in reaching out. Thanks. Excellent. Cool. Uh, Thank all right. you. Take care.